How's the weather? Um, it feels a little bit like fall. Are you are you still got heat? No, it's it's a lot better. It feels like fall, right? A little yeah. bit. Yeah, a couple yeah. cool days last week. Yeah. You want to go first? I don't even know. Um- <laughs> <laughs> I'll go first. Okay, go ahead. Okay. All right. I'll start out with the Albert Rosellas because you know it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> we'll get this that is, out of the way. Right. Yeah. This is uh, Helena, Montana, April 4th, 1976, 5 a.m. During a period of heavy UFO activity and mysterious cattle mutilations in the area. A 16-year-old local youth was looking out a second-story window, which provided a good view of the pasture to the east side of the house when he saw a tall, hairy creature approaching from the south. He said the creature was taking long strides and his arms moved back and forth as a person's would. The creature did not appear to have a neck, but it was capable of turning its head and it appeared to be looking around. Except for its face, it was covered entirely with brown or black hair about an inch to an inch half long. Mm -hmm. The youth was unable to describe the face, but said the forehead protruded out, then upward to a rounded head. The nose looked pushed in. He didn't notice any ears. When the creature moved, it walked very smoothly without stooping and did not appear to bend its knees much. The creature's back seemed to go straight down to below the buttocks without any curve at the small of the back. The youth estimated the creature's height at eight feet. As the boy watched, the creature kept walking until it was directly east of the house. At which time, a second hairy creature joined it. The second one was about a head shorter than the first, but just as wide, and the color was the same. Mm -hmm. At this point, the larger creature reached down and picked up something dark-colored about the size of a bell of hay. Something was flapping from the ends of the object, which looked similar to a piece of dark plastic. The larger creature handed the object to the smaller creature, which carried it. The larger, hairy creature then started walking straight toward the house. When it was within 100 feet of the house, it looked directly toward the window where the boy was watching. The boy vaulted downstairs to wake his father, and the two returned to the window in not more than two minutes. But when they looked out, the strange creatures were gone. Later on, strange tracks were found on the pasture. The boy was extremely shaken after the encounter. The source (laughs) of that was Mystery Stalks the Prairie 
by Roberta Donovan and Keith Wolverton. I got to check that out. I, I've been reading a lot about the uh, cattle mutilations in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I don't know. I never really paid it that much attention until I started reading um, the old APRA bulletins about the Colorado mm-hmm. Ranch. And um, there's like several issues in 1978, 1979, you know, because the zine was only like 10 pages. So they would do um, a thing about it, but it went over several issues because it was so much stuff. And it's fan. It's unbelievable. The stuff they had going on. And um, so let me back up a little bit. The MUFON director in Colorado mm-hmm. is Katie Grabowski. I think she recently changed her name to Katie Page, but she's the state director of Colorado. She was the girl that lived on the ranch. She was a teenager oh. at the time. Yeah. And um, um, a lot of people investigated it. This was not the Skinwalker Ranch. This was another one mm-hmm. in uh, Colorado. And they had um, just really insane stuff. There were humanoids. There were these uh, Bigfoot walking around. And um, there were these black boxes. The that, black boxes. <laughs> yeah, the, the black boxes again. And um, the uh, father found one of these black boxes and like just in the nick of time these two humanoids were like hey those are lethal don't go near them so he took their advice but um um yeah it's just crazy shit and even uh um one of the uh the sheriffs the guy went to the sheriff after a lot of this activity i mean there there were ufos flying over the ranch there were like nine disc parked in the pasture like crazy shit and this guy was losing his shit and um went to the sheriff and the sheriff met him for lunch somewhere and was like look they're from outer space i don't know what you want me to tell you like like <laughs> like we don't know what to do what are we gonna do you know but it was totally off the record you know but it, it was a mess and they ended up moving but um yeah i wanted to talk about that some but there's so much there. I have okay. to, I have to like organize it. You know what I'm saying? And um, the good news is uh, she's written a book about it, about that specific ranch. I think, I think there's been stuff written about that ranch before. Mm-hmm. Even, um, um, a little bit in the Skinwalker Ranch book, but mm-hmm. um, I don't think it's uh, there's been a uh, book f- just focused on that ranch. But I think she's putting out that book soon. But I haven't seen anything for sale I've, I've, on Amazon yet. But right, and as yeah. you were talking about it, I'm like, this sounds familiar. Yeah, uh, she sounds familiar. This sounds familiar. And so I can recommend, because I just looked it up while you were talking, (laughs) Um, the TV series, the Paranormal um, Entertainment Television (laughs) 
um, the TV show Beyond Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah, had an episode with her, and they oh, go to that. Wow. They go to that site, so you can kind of see it and stuff. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm glad you told. I'm gonna check it out. The episode's called Rocky Mountain Ranch. Rocky Mountain Ranch. Okay, I'm writing it down. Yeah, I, I'd love to see it. Because um, you were talking, I was like, ah, oh, that sounds familiar. Yeah, the well, I, I didn't realize, like, you know, the whole cattle mutilation thing. I'd always heard about it, but I didn't realize how much. I mean, there were hundreds of cattle right. mutilated. And, um, um, yeah, and there was a recent documentary Small Town Monsters did where they went into the cattle mutilation thing. I can't remember the name of it, but I'll, I'll mm-hmm. have to revisit it and tell you. But um, they went into it a little bit and talked to one of the ranchers. I And I think that was Colorado. But, um, uh, yeah, so it's been something I'm kind of reading more about. Finally looking into it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> been there for years. Like you know about it. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. It's just, yeah. How is that show? Do you have you been watching that a lot? I like it. I, I mean, I don't know. I, you know, it's para, paranormal television. I yeah. I don't know how fake it is or whatever, but the places they're going to are places we've heard of or, you know what I mean? Like what you just talked about. So that's, I like to watch it just to see that or hear the actual people. Right. There, and there's, you know, there's so many now these days, paranormal documentaries that it's just like, Oh God, is it going to be the same? shit, You know, so I just, I remember I, I texted you one night about that show, Beyond Skinwalker Ranch, because I, yeah. I texted and I was like, I know I'm about to suggest <laughs> television. No, that's good, though, because if I, like, you told me a specific ex- episode that I care about, so I'm definitely going to check it out. And I think yeah. the one I sent you was, oh, God, who's the guy that can call the UFOs? Oh, um, Stephen Greer? No, not him. Let me look. It's got to be right here. Because <laughs> I was just looking, right? Is that it? The Chris, Chris. The really buff, nerdy guy? No, Chris Bloodsell. Oh, that guy. That dude. Yeah. The North Carolina, the Wilmington guy. Yes. Yeah. And, they, and I texted you about that. And they... It's cool because they do like some scientific stuff where they kind of monitor his brain while he's doing it and stuff. So it's it's kind of interesting. It's pretty interesting. I need to. He's like a legit guy. I mean, yeah. When he's on there telling what happened, he seems, you know. What do you remember? We um, um, we talked about the account. Yeah, the account before we even knew who it was, and then later on it together it was in the orange orb book and then uh later on when he came public with his name and all that i was like oh that's the the account we read you know right yes yeah yeah it's pretty interesting i i don't know what to think about um uh this 
lately with him. I, I, I I'll need. I, I want to watch it. I want to see more about it. Yeah. 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 He seems like. I mean, when he's telling his story, he seems. Yeah. Fear. Uh, yeah. Know? And then they did it. Like I said, if you watch that, they kind of put this little brain. There's little things on his head to kind of scan his brain while he's doing whatever he says he does. Oh, nice. And they found, like, um, it was kind of interesting. It was, like, he seems to be in, like, an intense meditative state. Yeah. But then when he sees something, when it actually happens or whatever, it's kind of like the part of his brain's working. Um like the part of your brain that communicates. So it was kind of interesting. It was interesting. So it's worth a watch. Cool. Yeah, yeah I'll check. You can watch and then you can watch the um Katie Page episode too. Yeah. <laughs> when you said Katie Page, I'm like, wait a minute. Like Yeah, <laughs> yeah I I had um um listen to her a few of her interviews and um her name was katie grabowski right and then noticed the most recent one it was katie page i was like oh she must have got married or divorced or something because but that's her so yeah but um she she had written a book i think she's got one book it's called Letters of Love and Light, and what it is is there was. Do you have you read it? I think I have it on something. She um. Is that her? You do. <laughs> I do. Yeah, we need to check it out because um, she got access to this deceased UFO investigator's files. Yes. And um, so the book is a compilation of some of the highlights of his letters, personal correspondence, yeah. stuff like that. So it should that I, that stuff is fascinating to me. So it it should be a great book. When we finish here, I'll look. I either have it on Kindle or it's inscribed. I'm not sure. It might be Kindle. Oh, okay. But I have it. Yes, that's her. Yeah. I didn't even her. put any of that together. <laughs> She compiled that, and uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know how she got the, um, um, the, the files, right. but um, it's pretty interesting. She found stuff about her childhood in the files. Nice. Yeah, All because right. he had he had investigated the ranch she was living at, and but it was a. It was a weird situation where it was like, so her uh, mom married a guy. They bought a ranch with another guy. So it was all three of them. And they both had kids from other marriages. So the girls were there only on the weekends, but the boys were there all the time. So the boys, the teenage boys were witnesses to most of the shenanigans right. shenanigans see this is why we need to talk <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I did not put any of that together I have that book 
<laughs> and then I watched this episode of Beyond Skinwalker. I did not put together that that's her from that book. Or <laughs> all right, all right. I found an interesting one. Okay. All right. In 1965, two members of the future superstar rock band Fleetwood Mac had their own strange encounter with a roadside apparition. Peter Green, Team Peter, (laughs) I'm sorry, I love Peter Green, I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) Peter Green and Mick Fleetwood were then members of the little known group, the Peter Bees, the leader being Peter Bardens. Yeah. Following an engagement at a club in Portsmouth, England, the band was returning to London in a van driven by the fourth group member, David Ambrose. All four were seated in the front of the van as they proceeded through Cobham at about 2.30 a.m. The night was clear with a few mist patches in in some places along the route. And as would be expected at that hour, the neon lit streets were deserted. As the van rounded a bend, a figure came into view on their side of the road. The group saw it and realized it wasn't a normal person. The figure was walking along the pavement towards the van with his gaze fixed straight ahead. The group described the person as being abnormally tall, possibly over seven feet, wearing a long Macintosh overcoat which hung almost down to his ankles and radiating a kind of pale light. All, (laughs) this is good, all observed that the face of the figure was that of an old man with a blank expressionless stare with eyes which were nothing but black sockets. His hands were down at his sides and he seemed to be not so much walking as gliding. As the van passed, two of the group members sitting nearest to the figure screamed. (laughs) So unnerved were the band at what they saw that they immediately sped away from the scene. The strange encounter later came to the attention of renowned parapsychologist George Owen, who interviewed the group. Although Owen initially considered that the boys had experienced a collective Uh, hallucination possibly brought about through tiredness, he ultimately concluded that the group had probably observed a paranormal apparition. Yay! I'm so happy when I find Stephen That was good. That was good. Yeah, you're a fan of uh pre-Buckingham Knicks Fleetwood Mac, aren't you? Mm, yeah. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. A lot of people are. I I really, I, I'm ashamed to say I haven't really listened. Team Peter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Black Magic Woman. Like, all, like, most people don't realize that that's Peter Green before he wrote that. Anna. Yeah, I didn't know that. And what's the other song? The Green Man, Alicia. Before Judas yeah. Priest, that was Peter Green. Oh wow! Yeah. <laughs> All right. I saw and there was a um, quick thing I saw 
on YouTube a while back where um, every, all the other guys in the band said there was um, one particular acid trip with Peter Green and they were like, yeah, there was like pre-acid Peter Green and post, <laughs> like said that just, he became a totally different person. They were like, they think he was hanging out with these uh, uh, hippies from a commune mm-hmm. and he thinks they dosed him like on a, a high dose. Right. And it changed but, him. And it wrecked him. Yeah. The, um, cause all the guys were like, yeah, he was totally different after that. That's interesting because at some point he became a born again Christian and stopped playing music. He stopped. So that might've been after, that you know what I mean right. might have right. freaked him out. I think and that, that happened. It went on without him. Yeah, there's a lot of people that happens to kind of blows their mind. <laughs> blows their mind, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got one from our the email news group that you turned me on to, Magonia Exchange. Mm-hmm. And I like this one. This was from um, Anderson, Indiana, June 28th, 1901. And it's called He He Saw Castles in the Heavens. Unable to sleep Sunday night, William Carnot, living in the south part of the city, arose and went downstairs, intending to sit outside on account of the heat. Mr. Carnot says he seated himself in a chair near the house and gazed into the sky. He had probably watched the stars a minute when he saw a strange thing in the sky. He says, As I sit watching the stars, there came a sudden flash of light. You have seen the light thrown in the sky by a searchlight? Well, the light was like that. After the flash, the sky was like it had been before, and I concluded the light had been caused by lightning. It came again within a short time, but the light this time was red. From out of this, there appeared in bold relief a large building resembling the pictures one sees of the Capitol at Washington. But there were more gables and domes. Mm There were windows and large columns like the Capitol building. The building seemed to be moving, or at least there was a motion like one would take hold of a piece of canvas and shake it. My attention was so taken up with the strange phenomenon that I did not call any of my family, who censured me in the morning for not doing so. As I watched, I saw the building fall. First, the dome crashed down, and then the windows and columns fell outward. Mm-hmm. I almost imagined I heard the noise of the falling structure. All at once, the vapor disappeared, and the picture faded away. I have often heard of mirages, but this is the first one I have had knowledge of at night. And as far as I know, it does not signify anything. Wild. Yeah. Like that, that would blow your mind, right? <laughs> that, that sounds like acid. That's wild. Buildings in the sky. Now I have to look at buildings in the sky. 
Oh, okay. So I'm really excited about this one. It's a creature, okay, that I didn't know about. And this, again, paranormal television, oh, no. But sometimes I'll put stuff like that on in the background, like ghost shows, Bigfoot shows, whatever, if I'm cleaning or, you know, just have it on. Yeah. And I had Maybe. one on. It was one of those video ones. So I think it was like the proof is out there. There's one that shows internet videos, and then we'll talk about it or whatever. <clears throat> And there was this video, it was like a boat at night on the water, and then you see something kind of leaping behind it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so whatever, that was on, I'm doing whatever. But I hear when they're going over possibilities, someone mentions it could have been a pink dolphin, you know, the pink river dolphins? Yeah. Okay. And I love the pink dolphins, but... <laughs> So I tuned in for a minute. Oh, <laughs> of course the video was fake. But anyway, <laughs> when they were going over the pink dolphin part, and I forget who it was, but somebody mentioned um, that there's some folklore with the pink dolphin. And I had no idea. I had no idea. So I have to tell you now. There's folklore about the pink river dolphins. Okay. Oh, wow. That... At night, they turn into men, right? Yeah. And they're, they're like, you know, all dressed in white, with a white hat, white suit, you know, and they're sexy, yeah. and they go to parties, and they dance, and they're seductive, and they seduce the women and sleep with them, right, and get them pregnant. Right? <laughs> <laughs> and... um the reason they wear a hat is because they're covering their blowhole. <laughs> <laughs> and they seduce the women, sleep with them. And so do they get pregnant? That's part of the folklore? The, yeah, part of the folklore is they impregnate women. Yeah. Yep. So what uh, happens with the kids? Well, that's a good question. Because I, I think they come out normal because they say that one of the slings in that area is like a woman who, like a child that doesn't have a father, they'll call it the child of the Bodo, which is the Pink River Dolphin. <laughs> 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 and I thought that was wild. And then they also steal people sometimes, like fairies do, right? Yeah. And take them the way to their underwater kingdom. Oh, I love that. And then, um, and they, they're guardians to the manatees. I'm not sure why. And never make eye contact with them or you'll have nightmares. And it's bad luck well, to kill them. That's kind of goes along with, um, some of the Native American legends of Sasquatch. Oh. They say don't look them in the eye. Never look them in the eye because um, they have, uh, you know, powers, telepathic powers, and, and um, never kill one. Ah. So, wow, it's pretty interesting that 
those things connect. Those tools apply to yeah to all the creatures, <laughs> right? Don't look them in the eye. So yeah, if, you, if you're at a party and you see a hot guy dressed in white with a white hat and a white suit, maybe maybe not. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> <laughs> but it's how it's hard to do. How do you, it's so hard to not look somebody in the eye when you're trying to size them up you know right <laughs> i've met people though that don't oh me too i've met people uh, when i was in texas too um some mexican people and like like don't look me in the eye like you like i don't know like just some yeah. suspicion about eye contact like you know what i mean like you're trying to do something. you're right yeah you're right i've even been <laughs> Uh, like when I was in uh, uh, maybe middle school or high school, there were kids I know who were like, "Why are you looking at me?" Like, it's like, "All right, fucking looking." <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> I don't even realize I'm doing. Sorry, it. Like, <laughs> I'm not trying to do anything. I swear. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, oh, oh, the other night. In the middle of the night when I was asleep, I smelled like the skunky smell outside really bad. My windows were open. So I guess it was skunks unless it was Bigfoot out there. I don't don't know. So how bad was it? It was was strong. I'm like, I mean, do skunks just go around doing that? (laughs) They do it for a reason. (laughs) Oh, yeah. You're not. You weren't really uh you didn't know about like where you used to live did you ever did were there skunks up there there were but i don't think i ever really came across much yeah. i haven't seen one in years but it's um there they've always been around here yeah it was stinking and then yeah. but i did laugh to myself the next morning i was like I wonder if it was bigfoot out there <laughs> I remember being, as a kid, um, we had a dog that got sprayed mm. because, you know, defensively spray when they're attacked or, and um, our dog was fucking with one and um, the skunk sprayed him. And I remember my dad saying they had to bait like it's a old Southern thing. You bathe them in tomato sauce. It seems to help for whatever, I guess. Something. All right. But, <laughs> but then, you know that motherfucker still stunk. All right. <laughs> yeah. And then a minute ago outside, a hawk dropped a snake in the yard. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. That's amazing. And I now know I live in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Because <laughs> they had like the little folk fair and it was small. I mean, we live in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And, and I look on Facebook and the like the town page or whatever. And there I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, I'm in the pictures from the folk fair. Like, <laughs> oh, that's fucking great. I love it. Oh my goodness. Like, <laughs> We're like we're lucky. I want to be as far away from the big cities as possible these days. Yeah. I'm not, 
I'll never go back. Yeah, it's so rural here that like I noticed I noticed something the other day. The dollar store. Because people I mean there's a dollar store because yeah. that's where you go because if you don't feel like riding to town and you ran out of something, you're going to the dollar store, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> oh. it's, it's here. <laughs> so the guy that works at the dollar store is this really cool guy and he plays like cool bluegrass music and stuff. He's this cool guy. And I swear he must know everything about everyone in town because people treat him like a bartender or something. Like I went in there to grab something and this old lady's like, yeah. And she's telling him like all their, all her business, like everything. And I'm like, he must know everything, <laughs> <laughs> everything that's going on. <laughs> yeah, those guys are good to know. <laughs> he knows it all. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny. The tiniest little towns, they all have a dollar store. Like, they will have nothing else. Mm -hmm. And But they'll have a dollar store. Yeah. <laughs> and you say, well, I don't want to go to the dollar store. You'll go to the dollar store if you ran out of milk or something and you don't feel like yeah. riding 30 minutes to town. You will go to the dollar store and get what you need. <laughs> all right. And that's why they put them there. <laughs> <laughs> all right i was uh i i knew i had this bookmarked i'm glad i did um i didn't want to bring up the colorado ranch without reading something about it oh ah, um, okay our old trusty albert rosales yes to the rescue and um talking about albert rosales he is um going to be on YouTube tonight oh. at 8 o'clock on this great YouTube channel that has him on a lot. And the name's escaping me, but I'll think of it before we end. That one that goes on. Oh, what is that called? Yeah, the what he's on it a lot, but he hasn't been on for a few months. Okay. And, but I'll, I'll pull it up here in a minute when I finish this. And, but... Um, yeah, that was the show um, I uh, commented, and Albert Rosales sent me a signed copy of one of the Humanoid Encounters. And um, I'm slowly getting them all. I really love these. But, um, yeah, so here, this is Clearwater, Colorado, date January 1977, at night. Um the main witness and his wife had bought a ranch in an, and by the way, this is Katie Grabowski's family. Mm -hmm. The main witness and his wife had bought a ranch in an isolated area in 1975. And for more than a year, they had been experiencing strange sounds, UFO manifestations and Bigfoot sightings on the property. There were some cattle mutilations as well. One night, the witness and his eldest son went up to the top of a hill to examine a burn spot from the previous year. As they sat in the car, a beam of yellow light shone on them from nearby woods. Walking towards the trees, they discovered a buzzing black box, clearly seen in the light of the moon. As they approached, it changed tone now sounding like a swarm of angry bees. Mm -hmm. So the fucking thing 
the closer you get, it changes its noise. That's so creepy. The two retreated to the safety of the car. The witness told the young man to stay by the car and went back to the spot where the black box had been, but it was now gone. He saw a light in the trees and walking toward the light came upon two individuals standing near the light source. As he approached, they spoke to him saying, how nice of you to come. Some distance away down a slope was a disc illuminated about 50 or 60 feet away. The two beings apologized for the trouble they had caused, promising a more equitable arrangement. They told him several things he was not to repeat, but which had no special meaning for him at the time. They regretted damage done to several of the cars, but they did not acknowledge responsibility for any of the local cattle mutilations. They told him he was wise to have backed off from the black box, which was nearby. They pointed in a particular direction, and the tone on the box changed. As it did, a Bigfoot-type creature got up off the ground and walked toward the box. Mm. The tone changed, and the creature dropped. The meeting lasted five minutes. In appearance, the beings were similar, human-looking at about 5'6 in height and wearing a tight-fitting outfit like a flight uniform. The suits changed colors from brown to silver. Their complexions were fair, and they had blonde hair not long. The most notable features were the eyes, which were very large but otherwise normal-looking. They were different in subtle ways but could pass as humans in ordinary situations. Before the witness walked away from the scene, he was told by the beings that he would see them again. And that was um, from the APRO. The source of that was from the APRO zines, Leo Sprinkle and John Durr. But yeah, there's a whole lot more there. It's just astounding. <laughs> and Leo Sprinkle, that's the Love and Light book. That's the files that's he has. He's the he's the uh, guy yep. whose files. Uh, that's a compilation of yeah. Leo Sprink, I was forgetting the name. Now I gotta look at that some more. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, let me pull up um, my YouTube and say what that YouTube channel is called because I think I put a notification for it. Ooh, what are you listening to? Um, Unsolved Mysteries. No. So. <laughs> uh, God, it's such a good channel. I, I've... Yeah, let me go through my stuff real quick. Um... Oh, another really good YouTube channel is UFO Hub. Okay. That's a really good one. Tons of tons of stuff. They dig in the um, old documentaries and old news stuff. Um. While you're looking, let me tell you about a haunted concert venue. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> okay. It's. The venue is First Avenue in Minneapolis. 
It's a popular concert okay. venue. Um, the building was built in 1937 and first opened as a Greyhound bus station. And the concert venue is said to be haunted by a young blonde woman in a green jacket. Some people say a green army jacket. And they think she committed suicide in the bathroom, either when it was a bus station or, or some stories say it was when it was a bus station. I don't know if we really know that. <laughs> or when it was a concert venue, whatever. But she haunts the place. People have even seen her hanging in the bathroom, which is freaky, creepy. Wow. But people also see her dancing at the concert, um, but she doesn't have legs. <laughs> and then there's another spirit there that they, they call Slippy. And the spirit plays jokes and can make a balloon appear that rises and falls in the staircase, which is kind of freaky to me. But <laughs> <laughs> And then the DJs there say that they'll hear stuff in their headphones. They'll hear weird stuff in their headphones when they're working. And then people also hear growls. So First oh. Avenue, haunted concert venue. It's, it's so cool that you brought that up. Um, for, for what I, I just... Um, Watching the old here lately, I've been watching the old Unsolved Mysteries again. <laughs> I do that too. <laughs> and so exciting. I I don't know. Every time I read about or watch anything about haunted theaters, I fucking love that. I love stuff. that, yeah. Right. So I I just wrote down here on one of my uh, notepads: research haunted theaters. All right. Because. That's an area I'd like to look at dig more. Yeah, because I just I I love those spaces. I love them, and I love old de- old theaters anyway. Um, there was a um, when I lived in Wilmington, there was one there, and um, you know, hundred hundred and fifty years old, and it had tons of ghost stories about it. And when you take the um, Wilmington Ghost Walk, they stop there at the theater um, and tell you the stories about the ghost there. But I, I never went into the theater, but it's a beautiful theater from the outside. But um, Fairy Stone State Park, which is near me, is where they have the Fairy Stones. Um, they're yeah. having a, a ghost tour, but it's by canoe at night. <laughs> That's oh, got to do it. Wild. Yeah. You got to do it. Wild. I, I, any ghost walk or ghost tour, I will do. Yeah, I love like, them. I love that stuff. The only exception is, so I was so excited. Um, I live in Hickory, North Carolina, and there was a, there's a few haunted locations here, and I just, randomly came across this thing this group was um doing a ghost investigation here in hickory at this place it's not too far from my house right and um i was like oh my god you know so cool i'm I'm definitely going i go to buy tickets fuck that it was like 120 bucks yeah to go at (laughs) night 
with the <laughs> fucking thieves who want you to pay me bucks. It's like, no, no, thank you. Like, I'll do that on my own. <laughs> I, and it, it, it's but like, I think it's cool people are doing it, but come on, you know? Yeah. I, I don't, ugh. it's too much money. But You're like, but, I'll sit around Hickory myself, thank you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> But like the the uh, the Wilmington Ghost Walk was like fifteen or twenty bucks. Yeah, you know, like downtown, you know. So it's like, yeah, anything like that, I'm down for. But I'm I'm not paying one hundred twenty bucks. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's something else I was gonna tell you. I forgot. Oh, um, do you want any more Christmas blow molds like the retro? Of course, I do. (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna get you a um, old school Santa, Mm -hmm. and this thing was so awesome. It was like just like when I was a kid, the old plastic Santas. Yeah. And so I they won't let me hold stuff anymore at work. So I was like, okay, I'll get it on my way out. It gone. was gone. And they <laughs> yeah. So I'm uh I'm keeping my eye out for you though. Thank you. I and found in- oh. Did you find it? What? That Albert Rosales. Oh yeah, yeah. It's called uh Cardinal Sin. Yep, that's yep. Into the fringe. Yeah. Into the fringe, yeah. And the, the Cardinal Sins, the guy, he's a great guy and a uh, nice guy. And um, Albert Rosellis has been on there a lot. And it's kind of like what we're doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they talk. Yep, they but share the accounts. Except yeah, it's Albert reading. sharing the accounts. <laughs> right. It's Albert and uh, Cardinal Sin going back and forth. And they pick out one of his books. Like I, this book I... Um, used tonight was 1975 to 1979 so they'll concentrate on one book and just read accounts and it's it's great awesome yeah um yeah and he's uh i think albert rosales i think his he's in miami did miami get hit in the recent I don't know. I know Florida did, but I can't remember what part. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. You got anything else? No. (laughs) I'm just happy we did it. We did it for August. It's the final day of August, but we put out our August episode. Good, me too. And now we both realize that we have books and things that we need to look at. <laughs> right. Which is good. It's uh, cooling down a little. I can think better. I know. Yeah. You know, I, I told you I got caught up in the I'm 12, it's summer, and I got hooked on a soap opera or something. But <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I just got to a point for the past uh, 
few months where I, uh, every time I'd sit down to read, I'd end up passing out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and finally, I'm back into the habit of uh, reading every night, something every night, you know, and it's, I feel a lot better. It's because the spooky. spooky season's coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> I know, ready for spooky season. Kind of veg out in the summer a little. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've already started going through Halloween decorations. Making sure I got everything. <laughs> Alrighty. All right, we will wrap it up and we'll be back for September. All right. Talk to you later. All right, bye. Bye. Let's go.